live from Indianapolis, presented in high definition. This is Fox 59 News. I'm Fanchin Stinger. Good afternoon. Fanchin Stinger, greeting Hoosiers for the first time in the summer of 2010, setting the stage for a remarkable anchor and reporting run in central Indiana. Compassion during tragedy a bridge to community during conflict. This morning, it was a very solemn and emotional start to the day. But there was a clear breakdown in communication, and that's when Fox 59 decided to step in. We took their concerns straight to the top. Fanchin has signed off from the chaos of TV news to jump into another rough-and-tumble world, bull riding. That one was just Fanchin Stinger returning to her cowgirl roots, writing a new script, bucking trends by blazing a new path for minority women in the rodeo ring. She's my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. Welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Fanchin Stinger spent three decades in TV news, including the last 12 as a main anchor reporter at Fox 59 in Indianapolis. But there was always a tug at her heart. It kept pulling her back to those summers on her grandparents' farm in the South. It's where she fell in love with the rodeo, especially watching brave humans take on powerful bucking bulls. That tug has brought Fanchin full circle. After 15 Emmys, she called it a wrap on her journalism career last year to follow her childhood passion, becoming the first African-American woman to own bulls in the professional bull rider series. And I'm very pleased to welcome to the podcast Fanchin Stinger, a longtime television journalist uh, who is embarking on a new and very interesting career. Actually, it's the culmination of what's been a lifelong interest. We'll get into that in a moment. But Fanchin, uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute delight and a pleasure to be with you today. Absolutely. Well, your broadcast career spanned some 30 years, uh, numerous awards, 15 Emmys and many other high profile awards. And many people here in Indianapolis will certainly remember you from Fox 59 and the key anchor role you played there on Fox 59 News for uh, more than uh, a dozen years and we're such a high-profile person in the community as well. But I have to lead with or start with what you're doing now, because I think it's fascinating. PBR, Professional Bull Riders Organization, you are an owner and a very active in the sport. And it's something that is not new to you. This is something you've really grown up with. Give us Kind of give us the path and how you uh, made it to the PBR uh, series. Well, it's an it's an interesting journey. Thank you for that. Um, it's an interesting journey. And I, and I have to say on the onset... It's not one that I orchestrated. This completely and totally was orchestrated by the Lord in terms of where he placed me at certain times and how he designed me initially. I was born, as many of you probably listening, I was born an animal lover. I love animals. I have always loved animals. I just, you know, it's been, you know, just, I just have that heart. As a journalist, I've covered a lot of animal abuse and I've busted a lot of animal abuse rings. And so those have been, a really, that's been a really difficult area for me. Um, when you see animals suffer, being an animal lover, we can all relate to that. So when I was younger, my parents grew up in the South. We, we grew up in Michigan and summers were spent on my grandfather's farm, planting, harvesting, doing things like that. 
but also that's where I was introduced to so much of our rich heritage as African-Americans in the Western lifestyle, riding horses, just appreciating those foundational values of this, of this country. So we would go to rodeos just about every summer. I'd sit there. I enjoyed rodeos, but I always was waiting for the very last event, which was bull riding. And I don't know what it was that drew me to the sport. I know what, what it was today, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But growing up, going to rodeos, whenever they would come to Michigan, my parents would take us. Um, and then when I was in college, I saw the PBR was on TV and it was all bull riding all the time. And I remember the day I called my dad and I was like, dad, there's all bull riding. It's just bull riding. <laughs> he was a fan just like me. And I can tell you that I loved the bull riders. I mean, those guys are professional athletes. They're some of the toughest guys I know. But I was more interested, to be honest, in the bulls. I loved their names. I loved their personalities. I loved how the bulls were treated. I mean, when you talk about PBR, you're talking about animal welfare at the highest level. Those bulls are never abused. They're never, you can't make a bull buck. It's much like racehorses. They're bred to buck. That's what they were born to do. That's what they know how to do. That's the only thing they really know how to do. So they love to go out there and perform. And once you get to know their personalities and how each one of them is different and how well cared for they are, they are I fell in love with it even more. And at that point in college is when I developed a dream that I one day wanted to be a PBR bull owner and I wanted to be involved in my bull's life. And I wanted to name that bull Stinger after our family. And I spoke those words to my father when I was in college. And you know, there's a powerful thing about speaking your dreams, writing down your goals and all of those things. Little did I know when it was going to come to fruition. But I, in 2009, I went to the PBR World Finals with a mission to meet the stock contractor, the top stock contractor in the, in the country which is Chad Berger, Chad Berger Bucking Bulls. We became fast friends then. I also met the then CEO of the PBR, Randy Bernard, who, as many of you know, became the CEO of IndyCar. Of IndyCar, right, yeah. Same, yes, it was the same year after Randy and I met in Las Vegas at the PBR World Finals that he then made the transition to IndyCar. I had no idea. I made the transition shortly after him, and we reconnected and during those years, I was always in conversation with Chad and Randy and the PBR team about becoming an owner. Well, timing in life just wasn't right until 2021 when it became a reality. And I was fortunate enough and blessed to be able to purchase two. Stinger came to life and uh, Little Hot is my other baby boy. I call them both my baby boys and I love to watch them compete. And I was just so... For me, my journey personally and professionally has had so many, and you mentioned this, high highs. But I've also had some pretty low lows personally while I was in Indianapolis that a lot of people had no idea about, not just my back surgery, but some other things. And God took me through that time in my life so lovingly, so intentionally, and it really deepened my relationship with Jesus and my faith to a level that I didn't even know was possible. So when I got these bulls, to me, it was such a blessing and it was such a small desire of my heart, I thought at the moment, but I in some way wanted to take that blessing and use it to do something positive and to pay back all of the amazing things that God has done in my life. So out of that desire came the birth of my nonprofit, Grit and Grace Nation. Today, I could have never have imagined how this would all be woven together. I always tell our young ladies in Grit and Grace that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And the moment he created you in your mother's womb, he put certain things in you and he knows the exact path that he's going to take you and how your life is going to be used. And I can now look back and see 
Why was I such a deep animal lover? Why did I love the PBR? Well, it's because all of those things in my life, the good, the bad, all of the lessons were used to prepare me for a time such as this. And I am now hosting the PBR Now weekly show nationally on Pluto TV. It also airs on the Cowboy Channel. We're getting ready to launch a grit and grace television show on the new cowgirl channel that's about to come out. But that is my, that's my road to PBR. And did I plan any of this? No. Did I know I was a year ago, I was going to be living in Fort Worth where the headquarters is going to be and, and, and hosting this show and being a part of this amazing family. One thing about the PBR that it, it is naturally inclusive and it has been, you have people from all different backgrounds, all different beliefs coming together around one thing the love of animals, and the love of this sport. So now, you know, in some cases, it has become a trendy thing to talk about diversity to, and to, to push that in the forefront. But what I love about the PBR is that it's been that way from day one, and it's a naturally inclusive sport. They don't have to try and do it. It just is. And when you see people like that come together as a family and do life together and honor faith, honor family, honor freedom. It's something that I get excited about sharing with other people. So that's kind of a little bit about yeah. how all this came together. I didn't go into too much detail, but I hope that gives you a big enough picture. Yeah. What I can, I can sense from your conversation now, but also your social media presence that you have certainly have a passion for this in, in, uh, in a big way. And, and you're a pioneer because you're the first black female owner, right? In the elite series with PBR. And that didn't come by accident. You talk about you've always had a passion for it, a love for it, but you studied and you you really put in the work to to get to that point, right? That was important for you to really put in the work to uh, to get to this point. Well, I will say it was important for me to put in the work. When I say put in the work, I think it was the, the circumstances in terms of the timing. I put in the work because I wanted to learn about it and because I loved the sport. I never went into it thinking, oh, I'm going to be the first African-American female bull owner. I didn't even know that until they told me after I purchased the bulls. And I said, okay, well, that's a great, that's a nice, you know, a nice little extra. And if that encourages someone or inspires someone, that's wonderful. But I, you know, being the first, I think that it's, it's really having the opportunity to do this and to sit at the table and to bring who I am to a sport that I love. A lot of people will say to me, well, Fanshin, what does bull riding have to do with girls and mentoring girls and, and developing leadership. And I said, I say, well, the answer for me is easy. And I'm going to tell you what the answer is. It's a metaphor for life. When those bull riders, those professional athletes get on top of 2000 pound animal athlete that has been bred in its DNA to buck and to do it at the highest levels. Sometimes those bull riders are going to fall. Sometimes they're going to get bucked off. A lot of times they're going to get bucked off. And when they do, they're going to hit the ground. And sometimes they're going to get stomped on. They're going to get broken bones. That is exactly what happens to every single one of us when we walk through life. There are going to be disappointments. There's going to be heartbreak. There are going to be bad decisions. There are going to be things that come at us that are unexpected. And what we want our girls to learn is we want them to learn how to get back up, to get back on, to never quit, never become bitter, but most importantly, hold on to your faith and keep riding, never lose hope. And I will tell you, Watching bull riding all those years that I did, I had no idea how powerful the visual of watching those guys fight to the finish with humility, with honor, with respect, and with grace and with true grit, but never, ever quit. And when I got to some places in my life 
where I was down or I could have quit or I could have become bitter or I could have given up. There was something inside of me that allowed me to dig deep into my faith and to fight. And I'm telling you, it's the visual of watching bull riding and watching those guys with no excuses honor their faith and honor the things that are important in life and having their priorities in the proper place. That is what it did for me. So when people ask me, well, what does bull riding have to do with girls or are the girls riding bulls? No, but what does bull riding have to do with girls and leadership? The answer is everything. It has everything to do with it because of the power of the visual and the power of the experience and the power of what it teaches us in terms of life lessons. How do you feel about the future of the sport? I know it's uh, the PBR series comes through Indianapolis and uh, obviously a lot yeah. of other markets and there's television. You're continuing to be involved in, in a big way in the TV uh, space. How, how does the future of the sport, how would you assess it? Well, I'm excited. I, I I was telling some of the leadership, we talk about this a lot, that it's interesting that now is the time that this sport is is now the fastest growing sport in America. As you know, they just launched the teams season. So you have now PBR teams, much like the NFL and NBA, NHL. So it's so that aspect of the season is hitting the mainstream. You have race car driver owners, you know, children's racing. You've got also that they own PBR teams. Uh, Johnny Morris, who owns Bass Pro Shops, he owns a PBR team. So it's bringing in so many unique elements to a sport that now is the talk of culture in terms of Western lifestyle. Yellowstone, we're doing a lot of stuff with, with that show. People are now so interested in the Western lifestyle and those values in the Western fashion, all of those things. And the PBR, as you know, it's in five different countries. The United States is the biggest market. But you, you're talking about an 83 million fan base 43% of that fan base is women. So there is such an, an, an exciting opportunity to share this sport. There are, I've, I've introduced a lot of people to a PBR event. A lot of people have come as guests. You don't leave there without being a fan. There's something about it, especially seeing how it's produced and how it's, how it's put together. And really when it comes to family entertainment, you know, I think right now, where we are in this world, there's so many negative messages coming from so many strong voices. And our young people are confused in terms of making wise choices. You know, there's a lot of bullying going on. There's a lot of things that are happening. This cancel culture is very toxic, especially to our young girls. So parents are looking for a safe place where they can bring their children, that it's family friendly, it's family appropriate, and it's going to be entertainment. They don't have to worry about what is my child going to hear? Is it going to be you know inappropriate things they're going to see? Anything like that. So when you look at all of those things put together, this really is an exciting time for the growth of the sport and the explosion that's happening. We're selling out arenas in just about every city we're going to. Right now, we're out of the team season. We're in the individual season. And every city we're in, every arena is just about packed to the gills. And there is a reason for that, you know? So it's really exciting and it's really exciting to introduce this to our young people. I've wanted to introduce people to PBR since I was in high school and I've, I've taken friends over the years and now they're like, oh my gosh, we see what you've been talking about. And, you know, the Western lifestyle and the Western values have been a part of my, part of who I am my whole life. But most people have seen me on TV, on the news. So mm -hmm. now people get a chance to, you know, learn about the other side of who Fanchon is and what I'm passionate about and what makes me excited. So I'm really excited. This is a true blessing. And I will say, I just want to encourage people listening. Nothing in your life is random. 
You never know why God brings opportunities and puts them before you, but they may be challenges, they may be victories, they may be triumphs, but nothing in your life is random. I can look back now and see at every point in my life, the highest points, the lowest points, all of those things God was using to get me prepared to be in the place that I am now. Why did I like cattle? Why did I like cows? And there's a picture of me three years old in my grandfather's barn touching a cow. If you go on my website, you'll see that. My parents probably thought that was a random picture. Well, when that picture was taken, God knew, fast forward 2023, what the significance of all of those things that were placed inside me, all those experiences I would walk through, all the lessons I've learned, all the mistakes, all the triumphs, all of those things were going to be used to prepare me for now. And my only desire now is to be able to leave a legacy of excellence for our young girls. Yes, you're going to go through hard things. Yes, you're going to have disappointment. Yes, you may make the wrong decision sometimes, but you will end up where you need to go as long as you keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm -hmm. That's your your focus on yeah. faith, family, and freedom. It, you, you certainly had the opportunity during your, your broadcasting career to make a difference, to do stories yeah. and to do things to make a difference. But, you know, with Grit and Grace Nation, with the things you're talking about, do you sense you have maybe even a bigger platform now to make a difference in the lives of, of others? You know, it's it's interesting you brought that up and thank you for highlighting that because yes, as a journalist and, you know, when I came to Indianapolis, the Indianapolis community welcomed me so fast and so quickly. And I will forever be grateful for that because it allowed me to take what I love doing, the mentorship. I did that so much locally um, to be able to do stories that made differences in people's lives. That's why I became a journalist is to step into people's lives where they are. It could be at a high point or a low point, but to hopefully make a difference and leave it a positive impact on that person. We did the investigation into families of crime victims who felt as though their voice wasn't being heard by the police. We were able to make transformational change in the communication between families who were hurting and our police leadership. That had never been done. And now, the current police chief, who was the assistant police chief when that happened, he actually gave out his, his personal cell phone to the families that we brought to the table. And that changed some of the relationship. Now, there have been things that have happened since then, unfortunately, but because those relationships were built during that time, there still is a connectivity between the community and the police department, which will never be broken because once you have a personal relationship with people, that goes a long, long way, no matter what outside forces try to do to disrupt that or to change that. So there were so many investigations and stories we did. I mean, if you'll remember, I did the Community Hero series. That was a microcosm of what I'm doing now on a national scale. And I had no idea, but it was always important for me to highlight positive stories, positive things our young people are doing. By the time a young person gets on the news and it's a negative story, there has been a failure somewhere in that young person's life in terms of people stepping in and helping to guide them and nurture them and love them and encourage them towards positive. And that's what I want the legacy of my life and my journey to mean. And right now, you know, what has happened with the industry overall, I think the focus, unfortunately, and this is no one's fault, but the focus has gotten away from what the true meaning of journalism is. And in some cases, not all, but journalism and, and the motive behind it has been weaponized. 
it's been weaponized in a lot of cases towards misinformation. And there are so many of us behind the scenes that were fighting against that and fighting for people to get the full truth on every story. You know, journalism, our responsibility ethically is to tell both sides of a situation fairly and balanced and to give point and counterpoints. And because that doesn't happen in some cases, that means people are not getting complete information to make well-educated decisions about very serious things that are happening in their communities, in their families, and in their lives. And that is a serious issue. And I and I feel like now a lot of the things that were skewed or or not balanced in the past few years, now a lot of that's coming to coming to light. And my prayer is that is that that tide gets turned and that we get back to truth and why the why behind journalism, the why behind educating people and really stepping in and putting ourselves aside and really telling people and giving people the freedom and the opportunity to make their own decisions based on complete and true information. That that to me, and I don't know how God's going to use all that and those experiences I had in that realm later, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Do you think that tide can turn? Because I tend to agree with what you're certainly you're, what you're saying. Can that tide turn back the other way? And how does social media maybe make that more difficult to happen because of the influence that social media has on, on news and information? I think all things are possible, right? But I think in order for the tide to turn, it has to be a personal there has to be personal involvement from individuals within the industry. You know, there has to be a point when we say, you know what, maybe as an industry, things have gotten off track and we need to take an honest, introspective look at what that is and what happened. Because if not, pride can get in the way. And pride is one of the most dangerous things, as we know, foundationally. And when there's pride involved, that can be a blocker. Social media, I think social media it can go either way. I mean, if you look now at what has happened with, I'll just use an example, Elon Musk purchasing Twitter and a lot of the information that was truthful, that was suppressed and kept from people. Now we're finding out the depths of what was covered up, what was not reported intentionally, the voices that were silenced. And now we're seeing facts and research backing up some of the information that was kept from people, that is very dangerous. So if social media is used like it was in initially intended to, to give voice to everyone, it could be a positive thing because now you're giving people, like in this country, we have freedom of religion, we have freedom of speech, we have all those things. Well, we also have the freedom to make informed decisions. So if we have the information put in front of us and we can then make our own choices, our own decisions based on whatever we see, that's one thing. But if that is manipulated, mm -hmm. then social media isn't being used for good. Yeah. So it can be used to bring out more opinions, more truth, more things, but it can also be weaponized if it is being manipulated. I think the question to your, the answer to your question is it depends on the people involved. You know, where's, where's your true motivation? Where's your heart yeah. and where's your responsibility lie? Yeah. Fanchon Stinger, longtime television journalist, uh, now, uh, an, an owner in the Professional Bull Riders organization, also continues to be a broadcaster, uh, a leader of a nonprofit, very busy lady. And we're going to return with more on the Business and Beyond podcast with Fanchon Stinger 
right after this. Stay with us. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week, Fenton Stinger, longtime television journalist, uh, including 12 years here in Indianapolis at Fox 59 News, uh, now a very actively in- involved as an owner, professional bull riding organization as an owner of two bulls. And she's also got a nonprofit and a lot of activity going on and Fanchin, you're often doing uh, all kinds of great things uh, with PBR, but so many people know you from your broadcasting background, uh, obviously. And uh, talk about that. University of Michigan, right? So you you did you go to college to to be? Did you anticipate you would get into broadcasting? Yes, I actually went to college with a very clear focus. God ignited my dream to tell people's stories and to make a positive impact on the community when I was 15 years old. And I came across the career of journalism at that point. Well, a lot of people don't know, unless they've heard my story or heard me speak personally about it, is that I was very shy growing up. I did not have a lot of confidence and I I am still very introverted. So you take all of those things and you try and place that person into a job that you're in the public eye, you're speaking in front of people all the time. And that was a hurdle I had to overcome, I thought. So I spent my senior year in high school and all of college, putting myself intentionally in situations that were outside my comfort zone. So I could learn how to overcome the fear of talking to people, being in very social settings. I went to all girls private schools my whole life until college. So, and my parents did not allow us to date. We were not allowed to listen to, you know, secular music or watch, you know, inappropriate things on TV. So when I got to college, I felt somewhat socially a little bit behind and that mm-hmm. contributed to some of my confidence issues. But I I knew if I had a passion and I love to write. So if I had a passion to tell people stories and do and make a positive impact and be able to travel that I had to get over that. So I came up with a plan to run for the vice president of my dorm and to practice. I used to go to the cable access center and sit in a closet put a microphone on and read press releases. Why? Just to get used to talking on a microphone and being in front of a camera and working on that so that when the opportunity came, I was prepared. I did not realize that at that point in college, I had no conception of I would be giving up a lot of my privacy in my in my professional life. I would be you know, speaking in front of big crowds. I would be doing, if I had realized that I can tell you for sure, hundred <laughs> percent, I would have been too intimidated to continue. Right. But this is what I like to say. God has a beautiful, loving sense of humor. When I was well into my first job, I remember the day standing in a grocery store, a lady came up to me and said, oh my goodness, are you that young lady we see on the news all the time? This was I was probably maybe two years out of college, maybe. It wasn't until that point, I can honestly say that I fully understood the career and the industry I'd stepped into. 
I was the little girl that didn't want to have a birthday party because I was embarrassed to open my birthday presents and people looking at me. So when I realized that at that moment, this is a lesson I try and leave with our young people is God gave me a, a, a period of grace where my passion for doing what he designed me to do was able to grow much bigger and much larger than my fear. So when that lady said that to me and that fear overcame like, oh my gosh, people, all these people are looking at me. When I'm in a studio, this is four people there. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, you don't right. think about all the people watching you. But at that point in time, my passion for what I did, all the growth that I had accomplished at that point was so much bigger than my fear. I was able to embrace what was coming next in my career and what God had for me next. So now looking at what I'm doing now, we're launching a brand new cowgirl channel that's going to be nationwide to go alongside the cowboy channel. I'm able to use so many of my expertise in media and in developing shows and newscasts and all those things to now reach people with this, this huge onslaught of the love for Western sports, Western lifestyle, Western fashion, Western entertainment. And we're going to be able to take this message to the masses and really hopefully impact people's lives and ultimately impact our country in a very positive, positive way based on what's so important to everyone in our country, those foundational values of what makes America so beautiful. So you worked in in Detroit, in television in Detroit for a number of years, right? And then- I was there for 11 years. 11 years. And then tell us about the the opportunity here in Indianapolis. How'd that come about? Well, I was in Detroit for 11 years. I was an undercover investigative journalist, and I did a lot of traveling for Fox when I was there. I had a chance to basically cover all the big national headlines. 9-11, I was there. When a lot of things happened in uh, Washington, D.C., I was there for the Supreme Court hearings for Firestone. Oh, Bridgestone. All that that scandal, all that stuff. That gave me... A, a window in terms of news and how it affects people on a large scale. There was a point in time when I decided, well, I don't want to, I, I, I don't, I think I want to step away from this industry. I had had a very personal experience with how the media can be weaponized and how it can be used to try and go after someone and attack someone. And after going through that, I was so focused on using the media and the power of the media for good. And, and this is one thing I always say when I speak. You know, the media is the most powerful thing we have in terms of our culture and the media in the right hands with the right motivation can be an amazing force for good. But the media and the power of the media in the wrong hands with the wrong motivation can be weaponized and can become something that can be so deeply destructive. And I had just a small taste of that personally. And so I had I had started my own company. I was doing some work for the Pentagon for a contractor there. And I thought, well, this is going to be my new area of expertise. I got to meet generals and admirals. I was, I was making videos for a lot of the classified weapon systems that our military uses. I got a chance to see a whole nother world and just developed an even deeper appreciation for our country and what our what our military does to protect our freedoms. But God called me back to television. And I had a call from Fox 59 in 2010. Um, at the time, I was not looking for a job in TV. And the news director had reached out to my agent at the time. I kept saying, no, no, I'm getting ready to get married. I'm, I don't want to you know, work right now. And I, um, if I ever do think of coming back to news, I'll let you guys know. Well, he decided to call me personally, the news director. And um, when he did, he said, I told him I wasn't really interested. 
He said, well, we're getting ready to expand Fox 59. We have a four and a 10. We want to expand the newscast. We want to do all these things. And a challenge like that is enticing. I said, well, I'll come look at the city. And he mm-hmm. was smart because you know what he did at that moment? He flew me in the next day, which was ah. on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I came and I and I drove through Indianapolis and I came with the intention of politely declining the opportunity. Because I was thinking, I'm sure God's not going to want me to go to Indianapolis. Who's I didn't know anyone here mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. So um, long story short, at the end of that, that day and that meeting on that Saturday, for some reason, deep down within, I felt as though God was saying, you're supposed to be in Indianapolis. And I will say, I had made a commitment to the Lord prior to that, that God, when you tell me something, when you say I need, you want me to go and do something, I will do it. Because every other time in my life, when I haven't been obedient to those calls, it never ends well. So I'm like, God, I will be obedient to wherever you tell me to go. I came to Indianapolis and I will tell you, my last 12 years in Indianapolis, the people, the experiences, probably one of the most difficult challenges and traumatic experiences I had to walk through happened when I was in Indianapolis personally. And every single person that I needed to walk me through that and to help me find the right resources and the right people and keep me up so that I could continue to serve in the public eye, all of those people were in Indianapolis. And I don't know where I would have been had I not been where God knew he needed me to be. Mm-hmm. After that experience, my marriage ended. It was a very heartbreaking experience. Um, and I still pray for my ex-husband to this day. But walking through that taught me some of the pain that other families and other ladies will and are going through when there is betrayal or when there is deception and all of those other things. I walked out of that a stronger person, a more, I would say, loving person, a more understanding person of people who struggle. Unfortunately, at the end of, of my journey there with my ex-husband, he chose not to honor his marriage. And that was his choice. And I accepted that. But the lessons I learned from that were so foundational to my faith and to my relationship with the Lord. And I had no idea that God would use all of those things to prepare me, like I said, for such a time as this. So my heart is always going to be in Indianapolis and with the people of Indianapolis. I still get so many beautiful messages and emails from people. There were just a handful of people who knew what I was walking through when all those things were happening. But it taught me that in our most vulnerable and difficult times, it is our duty to continue to serve outside of ourselves and to give outside of ourselves. And that was one of the most important lessons I learned. There were days, Gary, I would go to work and I would be praying that I could even get through the newscast without breaking down. And wow. it was during, during those times that there would be young reporters and young people who would come to me. They had no idea how much I was struggling. They had no idea the depths of what I was going through. And they needed help or they needed encouragement, or they needed Fanchon, can you help me make this decision? And I had to put my own pain and hurt aside. And I stepped into the life with them and poured into them. And you know what that taught me? That taught me what the scripture always says, consider others as more important than ourselves. Consider serving people. That way we don't become self-centered and we don't let self-pity and self-condemnation envelop us or put us into a state of depression or discouragement or all those things. As long as we will, as long as we can give and serve, no matter what is going on with us personally, it will always keep our hearts soft. And we will mm-hmm. always have compassion for people at a completely different level than we could ever do with our own volition. Despite that that intense 
challenge, the pain that you experienced here in Indianapolis, the positives outweighed so so much of that. You almost, I, I sense you view Indianapolis as almost a second home. I do. I view it as so much. I view it as home, to be honest. And I will say this to anyone who's struggling through anything, anyone who's going through something hard right now, anyone who's questioning their faith, every single thing I went through and I'm working on a book and I will, I will go more into what all those things were and some of the things that happened when I was in Indianapolis. But all of those things I went through as difficult as they were, there was even a time I was on a heart monitor and no one at work knew it, but I would go through every single valley and ditch again because those experiences are what gave me the depth of my faith today and the relationship I have with Jesus today. I would not have that had not been for all of those hard things. So that is why I always try and remind people what you're going through, what comes into your life, the good, the bad, whatever it is, none of that's random. Because if you allow it to be used for the purpose with which God allows it into your life, the the blessing and the gift that you get on the other side, it cannot be manufactured and it cannot be attained without allowing yourself to feel the love and to actually experience God reaching out of heaven and carrying you and lifting you and guiding you and showing you and teaching you. There's nothing that there's nothing on this planet that can replace that. So I would go through all of that again, if it would get me to where I am today. And then my hope is that, you know, you don't want to ever force people to believe what you believe or preach at people. That is not what my mission in life is. My mission in life is to live out with gratitude what God has done for me and to help encourage people. And if along the way they want to know more about that, that's great. But I just want to be an, an example of hope. And that's where my hope comes from, you know, and I can't do anything but to honor God for all that he's done for me. All right, Fanchin, what's next? I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on. You got the <laughs> Cowboy Channel. You've got your foundation, Grit and Grace. I mean, where, where are we going to see Fanchin Stinger next? Well, I like like you said, Indiana's home. So one of our very first Grit and Grace chapters for our girls is going to be in Indiana. Very good. So any girl, it doesn't matter what neighborhood you're from. It doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter where your background or your experiences. Grit and Grace is open to every young lady. And that is going to be a place where we can come, where our young girls can learn about the values of courage. They can learn through leadership programming. They can learn through mentoring. We will have internship opportunities. We will also have scholarship opportunities. We're working on some really exciting things in Indiana right now that I'm hoping to announce very soon. But the Indiana chapter is going to be our home chapter. We're always going to have our celebrity fundraiser and gala at the Lucas Oil Estate. I'm so grateful for so many of our local sponsors. I just want to take the time to just thank Lucas Oil, to thank Citizens Energy, to thank Huntington Bank, to thank Lithopress, to thank Midwest Joint and Replacement Center, to, to thank D.L. Lowry Salon, the Pence Media Group. I can't say enough about Pence Media Group and what the, Nicole and I have been dear friends for a very long time. And for us to be able to partner at the level that we're able to partner right now and to accomplish so many things that we're able to accomplish together is nothing short of one of the most amazing gifts. Her team came alongside us for our Celebrity Gala. They're working with us on some other projects. It's so funny because when we were both in news, we could have never imagined how our gifts and our talents would be able to be used together. They were one of our main sponsors as well. But beyond that, it's the friendship, it's the commitment to excellence, and it's a commitment to elevating and making sure that Indianapolis and Indianapolis businesses are represented the best they can be. So I needed to say that. 
so many people in the community who realize that our young people right now are in a very vulnerable state. And my only goal through Grit and Grace Nation is to mute this cancel culture that is so destructive and to weave together an honor culture, teaching our girls how to honor those things that are important, the most important things. It's the same pillars of the PBR. It's faith, it's family, and it's freedom. And we've got that coming. And like I said, we have a national show, a Grit and Grace show that's going to be on the Cowboy Channel. That's going to be very exciting. I'm going to still be on the Cowboy Channel. I'm a contributor um, to the PBR Now show every week. And also through their Western Sports Roundup show, we do a lot of things nationally. So we have a lot of really exciting things on the table. Um, Follow me on social media. Our website for Grit and Grace is thegritandgracenation.org, thegritandgracenation.org. But follow me, stay in touch. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart to everyone in Indianapolis, thank you for the love over this period of time from 2010. Thank you for the encouragement that so many of you still give me. I still do take prayer requests and pray for everyone. That was one thing I did a lot when I was in Indianapolis. I do still do that. For people who stop their lives and take the time to reach out and tell me that they miss me on the news or to encourage me or just or just to share their life with me, I do not take that lightly. Um, that is a gift. And I want to honor that. And for what you do in the community, Gary, thank you, because your voice is one of those pillars in central Indiana that we need. So I want to encourage you to keep keep your voice going, keep um, representing what you represent, keep supporting how you support, because it is so very important that we have those pillars that honor values and honor truth and honor success. And the Indianapolis business community is a very special community. This is not being duplicated in many cities across the country. So what we have in Indianapolis, we have to protect that. And we have to help continue to see it grow. Uh, and and to do it in a way that everyone in the community benefits from it. Banchin Stanger, well said. And uh, thank you for all you do. You are a great example of someone who has certainly followed their passion, also followed their faith uh, to great success. And we look forward to watching and finding out what that next success is going to be. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. God bless everyone. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. It is a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download all of our episodes, more than 100 episodes, and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.